Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And today in this episode, I'd like to talk to you about the subject of first things first. One of the greatest problems that we all face in life is that of setting our priorities. Sometimes it is tough getting and then keeping our priorities straight. We have to decide on what is most important, what must come first, and then second, third, fourth, and so on, and then stick to our priorities. We can tell ourselves and others what our priorities are, but what we do proves it. It's not necessary to delve very deeply into Scripture before we begin to realize that the Bible addresses the subject of priorities and is actually quite specific about some of them. What I mean by that is the Bible teaches that some things must come first or they must come prior to other things before certain benefits that will follow are assured or certain. Let me show you what I mean. Consider listening to God. Before we take our thanksgiving and petitions to God in prayer, thinking that he will hear us, we must first consider whether or not we are willing to hear him, whether or not we will allow him to speak to us through his word. You see, in the matter of priorities, listening to God comes before his being willing to listen to us. Several passages makes this very point. For instance, in Proverbs 15 and verse 29, we are told, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. In Psalm 66, verse 18, David wrote, If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. The New Testament is no different in its teaching concerning listening to God coming first if we want him to listen to us in the sense of responding to our prayers. Think about Cornelius. He was not a Christian, and yet Acts chapter 10 verse 31 tells us that Peter said to him, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. To help us further understand, Cornelius is described in verse 2 of Acts 10 as a devout man, one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. Verse 33 of the same chapter shows us Cornelius saying to Peter, And so I sent you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. He had his priorities straight. He was willing first to listen to God, sought him diligently, apparently, so God listened to him. Remember that James wrote in James chapter 5, verse 16, the effective fair prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Let's not forget Peter's statement in 1 Peter chapter 3, and verse 12, which is actually a quote from the 34th Psalm. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Sometimes people wonder why it appears that God is not listening to them. Perhaps it is because they are not really willing to listen to God. 
What is true of our relation to God is also true of our relationship to our brother. Let me explain that. Just as we must first be willing to hear God before he will hear us, we must also be right in our relationship to our brother before God will accept our worship. First things first. Let's turn to the Sermon on the Mount, specifically Matthew 5, verses 21 through 24. There Jesus taught the following. You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever shall say to his brother, Rekha, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever shall say that you fool shall be guilty enough to be cast into the fiery hell. If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. It has been my experience over the years that oftentimes this teaching by the Lord is not taken as seriously as it should be, and I think I maybe have been guilty of it myself. Sometimes it is possible for someone to go on trying to worship God while still being angry with and alienated from a brother or sister in Christ. That just must not be. When we are separated from a brother or sister because of some wrong that has been done, true worship is just not possible if I understand what Jesus was teaching. It is such an important matter that the Lord said a person should interrupt his worship by leaving it behind and going at once to his brother to bring about a reconciliation, then offer acceptable worship to God. I believe I can truly say that one of the hardest things I ever did was to go back and sit down face to face with some who had wronged me and who, quite frankly, I had wronged as well, and to refuse to leave that room until it was made right. But first things first. John wrote in 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Here's another biblical priority to be considered. Examination of oneself. Once again in the Sermon on the Mount, this time Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 6, Jesus was addressing harsh and condemnatory judgment, a willingness to be so quick to find fault in the lives of others when there were worse faults than our own. In verse 5, he said, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Wasn't the Lord teaching us yet another important lesson about priorities here? Jesus was saying, First examine yourself, then you can proceed to examine others. It is essentially the same point Paul made in Romans chapter 2 and verse 21 when he said, You therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one should not steal, do you steal? Please don't misunderstand. We must make judgments about things and about people. If we were not permitted to do that, we could not do a lot of things the Bible commands us to do. For example, we could not judge whether or not a teacher was true Yet the Bible commands us to do that in the very same chapter, to beware of false prophets and those who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. John tells us in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
often people will quote Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1, Do not judge lest you be judged, not understanding, knowing, or caring that it is in the context of the setting of proper priorities in first judging ourselves, examining ourselves, and then judging or examining others with the exact same type of judgment. If all judging were condemned, how could we decide whether a thing were worldly or not? If all judging is wrong, how could a Christian who is spiritual know when a brother who has been overtaken in a fault and therefore attempt to restore him like we are told to do in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1? No, it is simply a matter of first things first. Let me examine myself before I turn the spotlight of examination on another. Here is something else to consider. At another point in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus dealt at some length with our service in the kingdom of God. He pointed out in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, that we cannot serve two masters. Jesus said no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Following that statement, Jesus went on to show the uselessness of worry or anxiety. The things that people worried the most about, food, clothing, shelter, length of life, and so on, are all things the Heavenly Father knows that we have need of. So what is the answer? What is the number one priority? Well, look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. Jesus said, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The answer from the Lord is to seek God's kingdom first, before material things such as food, clothing, and so on. Things that pertain to our physical needs and comforts, they are important, no doubt about that. But they are not as important as the things that pertain to our spiritual needs and growth. I wish that this point could be driven home in such a forceful way that none of us would ever be guilty of living like we do not know it. There are those who make excuses, even in the body of Christ, for failing to put the Lord first and are guilty of having their priorities all messed up. Learn the tremendous lesson taught by Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. It is all about priorities. In that passage we find, and as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, Allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. And another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. We must seek the things pertaining to the kingdom of God first, keeping first things first. One more priority. If we expect or want God to be merciful to us, we must be first willing to be merciful to others. Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Again, James wrote in James chapter 2 and verse 13, For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Can we just take a moment to look into our hearts and ask if there is someone who has repented and yet we simply have been unwilling to forgive? If there is, then we can't look to God to forgive us. 
Let's close with Paul's words from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. First things first. That's the Bible way. Thanks for listening.